Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. How's everybody doing? Yeah? That was one of you. Let me try it again. How's everybody doing? Woo! I know, it's that awkward little scream, and you're like, I don't want to be the only one. I don't know what I'm supposed to scream. Like, screaming's not just, you don't walk, you know, run into people at the the grocery store and say, how you doing? Woo! (laughs) You know? So why do we have to do it in church? I don't know. Just do it. Just do it, all right? It makes me feel good, all right? Do it for me. (laughs) Uh, So how you doing? All right, all right. I love it. I love it. I may ask you a couple times. Just be ready. Be ready. All right? So uh, it's so good to be um, with you this morning, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. As I always say, it's a privilege, it's an honor, it's a burden, it's, uh, it's all of these things, what, we, uh, what I do, and, and I don't do it lightly, I don't take it lightly, and the fact that you give of your Sundays to be here, and, and uh, for the crew that gives up four and a half hours on Sundays, um, don't forget, crew, there's Blaze Pizza today. I'm buying pizza at Blaze. And uh, if you want to be a part of the Renew crew, you're invited. Come to Growth Track today uh, right after the service. And I'll um, kind of take you through our gifts profile. And then we'll, uh, we'll go to dinner. We'll go to lunch together. I'd love to get to know you a little bit more. So we're in this third week in a series called Home Improvement. And I hope that it's been a blessing to you and an encouragement to you as we've been kind of talking through this idea of building uh, stronger homes and better families. Uh, Forty years ago, I don't know if, if, if it was, I don't think it was the same as it is today. Home improvement, the home improvement business is a billion dollar industry. Anybody ever worked for Home Depot or Lowe's or any of those kind of places? No one here has ever worked for those. Anybody do home improvement? at all. You're a fix-it-upper, fixer-upper type of guy. It's a billion. So you're supporting those people. It's a billion-dollar industry. Years ago, you had to go to a hardware store, a lumber yard, a carpet mill, a paint store, a tile store. You had to do all of these different places. You had to go to all of these different places until they invented Home Depot, right? I think it started with Ace, and Ace kind of like did it on a smaller level. And then Home Depot and Lowe's came along, and they became known as the big box stores. And you can get everything you need to build your home from, from nothing to completion inside that store. I mean, they literally have homes in their, their stores. You just have to, some assembly required and, and hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? But that's, that's the way it is now. Whereas before you had to have all of these different specialty stores and you had to, um, you know, you had to, to, to uh, if, if you didn't know how to fix something, you had to call somebody or you had to have a professional do it. But now you have Home Depot and you have the internet. How many of you know you have the internet to help you with things that you don't know how to do? If you've never done this before, I did it just a few weeks ago. I had this stupid running toilet. Like in my master bedroom, in my, in my master bathroom, the toilet's not in my bedroom, but it's in my bathroom. So it's like just an earshot away. And every like four minutes, it would just go. And then it would stop. And after like five or six days of it, I was trying to ignore it, but five or six days of it, like in my mind, I'm such a cheapskate that I could hear the money like leaving my pocket every time that thing did that. Like the water was running out of the toilet and it was because it had this leaky valve thing. And um, so I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm done watching money go down the toilet. And, and so I, um, 
I didn't call a plumber. I went to Home Depot first, and the guy told me one thing, and I tried. It didn't work. It wasn't what, it, what he thought it was. It wasn't the flapper thing. But then after, after trying a couple of things, I went online, and I said, how to fix a leaky toilet, how to fix a running toilet. It wasn't leaking. It was running. And I found it. I, I, I pulled it up, and there it was. And the guy said, buy this piece. It's six bucks. Change this cartridge out. And if you change it out, your water uh, bill will, will stop. Your water will stop running. Your toilet will stop running. And you're going to save all kinds of money. And I did it. I'm a plumber. I'm a pro. You should be giving me a round of applause right now for that. I did it. It can be done. And I didn't have to pay the plumber. We're in this sermon series on improving your home, building your family. We talked the first week about being the model. Stop settling for the standard model. Stop settling for the fully carpeted, um, you know, no garage door opener. I mean, literally, I told you that the, the new construction in my neighborhood that starts at 400 and something thousand, they don't, they don't even put tile throughout and they don't even give you a garage door opener. I'm surprised they give you a garage door, but that's what you get. What you look at when you're looking at the models is the upgrades. You're looking at like marble 24 inch and granite everything and, and just this unbelievably immaculate, like perfect place that everybody wants to move into. But that one's not the one that you're paying for that, that is, you know, the basic model. And I said, you've got to be the model, but stop being the standard model. Be the model that people are going to look to. Be the model that people are going to say, that's what I want. That's what I want to be. The second week we talked about, last week we talked about to improve your home and build a strong family, there are certain building requirements that you have to have. There are building requirements in your family that you've got to do. You've got to love them, you've got to know them, and you've got to challenge them. You've got to love, you've got to know, and you've got to challenge your family. You can ignore these people if you want, but it will lead to problems in your life. You, you can ignore them. You can build the family and you can build your home without all three of these requirements. But just like building a home without the proper permits and following the proper codes, you will have problems. Maybe you can live in it for now, but at some point you're going to have problems. Just like me thinking that I can follow, uh, build my own physical house without following the processes somebody's going to come knocking on my door one day. Somebody's going to give me trouble for it. And in the same way in your family, if you don't love them, if you don't know them, and if you don't do the hard work of even challenging them, maybe it's, it's, it's something that you don't want to say because you're afraid of how they're going to respond, but you have to do it because you love them that much. It's going to help them in the long run. You've got to do those things. If you don't, your house may fall apart. If you miss those messages, I encourage you, you can go back to our website, renew.miami. You can click on sermons. You can pull them up there. The last two weeks are on there. Also, you can um, pull it up on Spotify. If you have Spotify, just type in Renew Church Miami, and you'll find us there, and our sermons are all recorded and, and left on the, on the website. Next week, I want to I encourage you and, and ask you, please, to come back next week. We're starting a brand new sermon series called This Is Us. I think we have the slide. There it is. You guys look good. That's actually several people from our, 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 uh, our church. And, and This Is Us is a series that takes you closer into who we are, what we do, and why we do it. This is a, a series on Renew Church and our core values and, and the purpose behind what we do starts with next week a, a message 
called Pursuing the Next Generation, which is one of our core values. And we're going to be doing, as Mikey said, a child dedication ceremony. And I would love it. I would be honored to, uh, to have your child up here and uh, your family here representing to pray over and dedicate your child to the Lord. As Mikey said, it's a commitment. It's a commitment that you make. It's a commitment that we make as the body of Christ to say, hey, we're going to raise your child and do our part to raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It doesn't have to be just babies, zero through five years old. If your child hasn't been dedicated and if they've never been at Renew Church, this is our first time. What a great opportunity to commit that even this next week. So let us know if you'd like to do that. So this week, I want to I conclude the message series, um, and, and as I said last Sunday, I'm not the greatest builder ever. I can figure things out, uh, but I have a tool that works better than most of the others. I, I, it's, it's not a hammer. It's not a wrench or a, a screwdriver. It's my iPhone. It's my iPhone, because with my iPhone, I can figure things out on YouTube that otherwise I wouldn't have known how to do. I can call my dad if... I don't want to call the plumber. I can, I can text somebody that knows a little bit about something. I can just put the word out and say, hey, can you help me with this? I'm trying to figure out how to make an improvement on my home, and I don't know how to do it. You know, the best call that I make is my dad, because my dad can do just about anything. That's the kind of dad that I have. When I was younger, he wasn't that way. And the funny thing is, is he didn't change. I did. Like when I was a kid, my dad didn't know how to do anything. How many of you can relate to that? My dad was like, man, dad... I never disrespected him in that way, but I was just like, Dad, just stay out of this. Like, you don't know what I'm going through, or you don't know what I need. But that's the kind of of way we are starting out. But then as they get older, uh, or as we get older, like, we start realizing how much our parents know and how little we know, right? Do you find that? You see that? Like, that's that's how it is for me, and uh, that's how it is in my relationship with my dad, I want to talk to you about another dad in the Bible, and he's probably one of the most famous fathers of all the Bible, but before we even get there, before we even pull that up, I want to ask you, do you trust God with your kids, dads and moms alike, Uh, guardians, grandparents, do you trust God with your kids? Do you, and how much do you trust God with your kids, those that have been entrusted to you? We're going to look at this story in Genesis chapter 22 of Father Abraham, and we're going to pull that up even right now. Go ahead and pull that up, Gaby. Genesis 22, starting at verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. And then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. So early the next morning, Abraham got up and he loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham knew a little bit more than that, right? The servants didn't know. Isaac didn't know. But Abraham knew more more to the story than what he just was letting on. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, and he placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up, and he said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. 
The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there, and he arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, and he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on that boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And so Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on this mountain of the Lord, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. This is God's word, and we're thankful for it. Actually, I'm not done, am I? The angel of the Lord, was that the end of it? The angel of the Lord called to him a second time, and he said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and at the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations and on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. This is God's word, and we're thankful for it. Man, I want to I remind you of a few things as we think about the story of Abraham, as we think about what it takes to trust God, even with our kids. I need you to know this. This is the first point, is testing precedes growth. Testing precedes growth. In your life, with your family, in everything you do, testing precedes growth. As a pastor, I'm experiencing testing all the time. There are times in which I'm, I'm just like, God, why are you allowing this to happen in my life? And I'm reminded of this story. I'm reminded of my own message. I'm preaching to myself to say, listen, if you're being tested, it's because it's preceding growth. Your response matters, the way in which you respond to this. If, re- if Abraham was resolved to give up his son, he would be willing to do anything asked of him, and he would be the right person to father the Jewish people. Just to give you a little bit of backstory on Abraham, for those of you that don't know, like Abraham, he was the father of the Jewish nation. He was in his 80s when God told him, hey, take a look. Let me, let me. He led him out to the stars in the sky, and he said, see the, the stars in the sky, so shall your descendants be. And Abraham is thinking to himself, I'm too old to even have a son, and my wife is too old to bear a child. How in the world is this going to happen? But God provided. God sent Abraham Isaac. It wasn't immediate. It wasn't overnight. It was actually many years later that Abraham finally conceived and Sarah conceived and they had the child that they had. But testing precedes growth because even once they passed the test and they were patient and they waited on the Lord and God gave Sarah this child in her old age and knowing that this was the promised child, this was going to be the one that was going to carry on their name and the descendants and they, they were going to be the, the, the continuation of this nation of Israel. He says, I need you to give that child back to me. I need you to sacrifice your one and only son. I need you to put him on the altar for me. If you're going to see growth in your family, just know that you're going to face testing. But it won't be this kind of testing. It's never happened. This is the only time 
that this has happened except for one other, other time of a father in our faith. And it won't be asked of you. I can assure you of that. But there will be other tests that will come in your life. Testing precedes growth. The second thing that I want you to get is, is that growth demands faith. Growth demands faith. You see, God does the testing in our life. We can't blame it always on God. We can't always say when something bad happens, sometimes it's a consequence of our own choices, our own lifestyle, our own actions. But sometimes when God is testing us, God is doing the testing, and it's our job to do the faithing. Did I say that? Did, can you understand what I said? Did you think I just like had a, a, a really bad lisp? God does the testing, and we do the faithing. Like, that's our job. That's our role in this thing. That growth demands faith. So when you're tested, do you believe God? When you're tested, do you know that God is in control? Do you know that God is there to help you with whatever the test is? That he's going to help you to pass that test. Testing precedes growth. Growth demands faith. And the third thing is, is that the Lord will provide. I'm sorry, I'm out of order a little bit, gentlemen, but the Lord will provide. You know, on that mountain, on that, that mountain, Isaac's there, and they're fixing to go make a sacrifice, and he's with his dad, and they're doing some bonding, and it's an amazing trip, and they've left the servants behind, they left the donkey behind, and Isaac's carrying the wood and the knife, and he's carrying his own weapon, right, his own uh, uh, sacrifice, weapon and um he's like dad this is going to be great I, I got the wood i got the knife but where's this where's the lamb where's the sacrifice dad and abraham says to his son son the lord will provide in other words god is jehovah jireh that is the hebrew for who god is god the provider can you imagine a father having to say that to his son, knowing what he knows when the son doesn't? And can you imagine, like, going back in your mind, 90 years of processing, like, I, I just, that's all I want. That's all I want. I want a son with my, the, the, the wife that I love, and I just, I want to be able to do this, and, and I want him to carry on my name, and God, you finally gave them to me, and now you're taking them away. And not only are you taking them away, but in this way, you're telling me that I have to be the one to sacrifice him on a mountain. Are you hearing that? Are you feeling that? Are you sensing the pressure that's coming on him? God does the testing, but we have to do the faithing. But know this, that the Lord will provide. Abraham told his son that, and I'm sure his son never forgot it. I'm sure his son, even beyond that day and beyond that moment, I'm sure he never forgot that. And that, that legacy truth was passed on from generation to generation to today with the generations of Jewish people that are saying, God's going to provide for us through all of our persecution, through all of our pain, through everything that we go through as the nation of Israel, God will provide. Just as he provided for Abraham on the mountain, God will provide for us. But it started at that moment. God does the testing. We do the faithing. But the Lord will provide. And the final thing is, is that you have an audience. You have an audience. When you're going through a test, when you're going through a trial or a difficulty, when you're going through all of the things that you face, I need you to hear this and know this, that you have an audience. Your kids are watching. They're watching everything you do. 
As we've said in the past, you've got to be the model. You can't just say, kids, do what I say. Don't do what I do. You have to be the example because they are watching you in everything that you do. That's exactly what happened with Abraham and Isaac. And when Isaac saw Abraham, his daddy, taking him up that mountain and believing God, even in those moments, maybe he didn't understand it as a young boy, but as he grew older and he saw the faith of his dad, he said, wow, if only I could have that kind of faith. Abraham is our biblical example this morning. But I want to tell you what another Jewish king said about another family, and I want to share you with you another father example here. And here's the verses that I start with. It's Psalms 127, verse 3. It says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. I need to read that one more time, especially verse 3 and 4. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from him. They're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Like, in other words, what the, the, the writer Solomon is saying in this is, is your kids make you who you are. Your kids make you the warrior that you are. And that's the same thing that's happened in my family's life. My dad, I talked about him a little bit earlier. My dad is blessed. Like this verse, like these verses, Psalms 127, verses 3 to 5, his sons are a heritage from the Lord. I, I think we have an a, a image. And, and Akeem, you're going to start making your way up here in just a minute, if you don't mind. Um, you guys have this image. That's a pretty old picture. Um, can you guys see that? Kind of. Um, it's it's a, a picture of a picture. But this is a picture of my brothers and I. We'll figure out in just a minute which one's which, right? But the oldest is Lance, and he's the wisest. He's the lawyer of the family, yet he's not really a lawyer. He's got multiple degrees, all kinds of licenses. He's not scared of anything. He, he, like, he's the guy that... that can figure anything out in business. Smart man and, and somebody that we call on and get consultation from and help from whenever we're in need. Like he's the guy that we call on. The second is Kyle and he's the financier. At one time or other in uh, all of our lives, all of those other three men's lives, he has, uh, he has helped us in some way. God has blessed him financially and in ways that... that uh, I don't know how, like he's just got that Midas touch where whatever he does is like successful. And, um, but yet he doesn't hoard it. He's a blessing to others through that. And he's the kind of guy that will do that. And he's a strong support even of Renew Church to this day. The third is uh, Darren, and he's the closest in age to me, seven years older than I am. I'm here in this city because of him. Uh, I'm a pastor in part because of him. He's a pastor in Texas, someone that I can call on for whatever. He's been through a lot more than I have. And he is uh, just, just somebody that, that believes in me and believes in Renew Church. He's, again, a supporter of this, uh, this church family. The fourth one on that picture, the one that kind of doesn't know how to keep his head straight and, you know, got a big forehead and all of that, um, that's me, in case you haven't figured that out. Um, 
I don't know why you're clapping to that. Because <laughs> of how ugly I am. It looks like I just got through drink, drinking Kool-Aid because my lip has this like little stain above it. I, maybe you can't see that or maybe I'm just uh, hypersensitive. I had really bad buck teeth. I sucked my, my thumb as a kid and, and pushed my teeth out. And Man, take that, that picture down, would you? <laughs> uh, that's the four boys that make up Psalms 127 in my family's life. And those are the four arrows in the hands of my dad. There's nothing we wouldn't do for him or for each other. And we can be miles apart, but we can stand together when it comes to family. All of my brothers live for Jesus, and they serve him in some form or another, and that includes even our children, my dad's grandchildren. Like statistically, I know, like I, I've, I've seen the statistics how did he do that? How did that happen? How, like, why is it four for four? Where's the wayward son in this? Like, where's the, where's the wayward child in this? Like, it's the only thing that I can explain to you in verses three through five is verses one and two of Psalms 127. So pull Psalms 127 verses one and two. And let me just tell you, this is the only reason I can tell you why verses three through five fit my family. And this is what it says. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers build in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. And in vain you rise early and you stay up late toiling for food to eat for he grants sleep to those he loves i mean there's another translation that says for even while they sleep he provides for those they love like you're fighting you're struggling you're wrestling and i know the wrestle i've seen it i've been in the la lucha i understand it maybe i don't pronounce it right but i know what you're dealing with but even while you sleep, when you've let the Lord build the house, when you've let God be in control, when you let God like have his way, like even while you're asleep, he's going to provide for you. He's going to meet your needs. He's going to take care of you. I can't explain that any other way. I can't explain that photo any other way. But that's my testimony. That's my story. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder labors in vain. I want to give you this as a, a, another point that I, I need you to get. And my father lived this example. He wasn't perfect. He didn't do everything right all the time. There were things that were, were not right. And there were things that he struggled with. And there were things that, uh, you know, he wasn't good at. I'm not going to pretend like he was just the, the best at everything. But one thing he did is... Uh, he took care of his family. He, 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 he sacrificed for his kids. And sometimes what we can be guilty of is sacrificing our kids. You see the difference? He, he sacrificed 
for his kids, and sometimes we sacrifice our kids for something else. My message to you this morning, the message of Abraham, the message of Psalms 127 and Solomon is, is don't sacrifice your kids on the altar of anything. Don't sacrifice your kids on the altar of anything. You have to trust God with your kids. You've got to say, God, I am going to let you build my house. I'm going to let you be in control of the, the, the things that are going on inside my house, outside of my house, around my house, every detail of my life. God, I give you control of. Don't sacrifice your kids on the altar of anything else, be it their, their comfort, their, you want the best for them. We didn't have the best growing up. We weren't, we weren't, you know, high class by any means. There were struggles in our life. But my dad didn't sacrifice us for anything else. And if you want to build a strong home and a better family, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to trust God with your family, with your kids, and let them build your house. I said a few minutes ago, the only time this has ever happened in the Old Testament is with Abraham and his son. And it would never happen to you. God, testing precedes faith, but you're never going to face a test where God's ever going to tell you, hey, go and sacrifice your child like this. It's not going to happen. The only other time it happened is when a father was called to sacrifice his son. When he was called to see if he would pass the test, that he would be able to father the children of God, not just the nation of Israel, but for all people that would call him Heavenly Father. It happened when God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to prove his love for you and for me. It happened when Jesus, when, when God said, Jesus, you've got to be the perfect sacrifice. There's nothing good enough. There's no, there's no lamb that will be the, 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 the sin offering for all time. You have to be it. And he did it for you. If this morning you need prayer because you're struggling with your family, if this morning you need prayer because you don't know how to build your house, you're, you, you've been trying to do it on your own and you haven't been letting God build your house, if this morning you need help with your family, man, this is a great opportunity just to surrender, to lift your hand and just say, oh God, I give you my kids. God, I give you my husbands or my wives. I give you my nieces or my nephews, my grandchildren. God, I just surrender them to you. You know what that's what this is? This is the 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 I give up. I'm letting go. I'm releasing my grip. Not like this. I'm releasing my clinch and I'm putting my hands up saying, I surrender. If today you need to do that, if today you need to decide and determine, God, you are in control. I'm done doing this on my own. I need to believe you to be my provider, my Jehovah Jireh for everything that I'm going through. What better time, what better opportunity than right now? Would you stand with me, musicians, if you'll come back? going to sing a song and then I'm going to close this in prayer.
you think about your life, as you think about your family, as you think about home improvements, remember there's so much more to life than 24-inch tile and granite countertops. There's so much more than the stuff that's just going to, moth and rust are going to destroy it, the Bible says. Like, what matters most is this stuff that's going to last for eternity, the legacy that you're going to leave, the lessons that you're going to pass on, that are going to be passed on from generation to generation. And people are going to say, my dad, my mom, because of who they were, I am who I am. It's my prayer that you'll be able to experience that. If you want to make this a brand new day, let's do it. Let's let's freely surrender, lift our hands and say, God, have your way. Let's sing this song together and I'm going to come back up and pray.
Unless the Lord, unless the Lord builds the house, the builder labors in vain. You've got you've to have the Lord as your general contractor. You've got to have him be in control. I mean, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it was perfect growing up. I'm not saying that, that, that we didn't have rebellion and we didn't have some, some, some uh, sin that, that crept up in our family and some, some things that we're not proud of. But God, like, he, he redeemed situations. He made a way when it seemed to be no way. And you've just going to have to, like, just say, Lord, you got to come in. Be my consultant. Be my help. Like, help me redraft these plans, these blueprints, and rebuild this house. Knock it over if you have to. Do the extreme makeover and bring the bulldozer in and knock it over and start from the beginning. I, that's what I want. I got two daughters. I don't have any uh, male arrows, but I want my two daughters to be arrows in the hands of in my hands as a warrior. I want God to be able to, to, to me be able to look at my girls growing up, even now and growing up and say, these are my warrior arrows. These are the ones that have helped me be who I am. But I have to invest into them. I cannot sacrifice them on the altar of anything, including Renew Church, including ministry, including uh, my, my, uh, my own personal desires or gain. And I have to remind myself of that. Unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers build in vain. You know, one other practical thing that you can do, we're going to pray and we're going to just say, if this is you, you can lift your hand and we'll pray and we'll do that in just a moment. But one other practical thing you can do is, is you know, to trust God with your family and, and really surrender it to him is to not do it alone. Mike, you mentioned small groups. I, I, I can't mention it enough, man, how impactful they are. Like how like when, when we're going through something, we're encouraging one another. We're exhorting one another. We're, we're helping one another through this struggle uh, called life. And instead of trying to do it alone and you and God, just, just me and God all the time, my dad has a Tuesday morning group of men that he meets with at the restaurant. He's a strong man. He's a man of God. He served God his entire life, but he still needs help. So what makes you exempt? Take that paper. Look at that list. Show up at one of those meetings and receive, but also give, impart, like help others. Take what experience you have and put it into someone else's life. It's going to make a difference. Trust God with your family. Bow your heads and close your eyes. If you would say to me, Pastor, I need, I need to trust God with my family. I just, I need, I need God to have control of my family. I want to build a stronger home and a better family. And, and it, not that it's horrible, but it just, it, it could be better. Pastor, pray for me. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you are in faith and just say, I want to build a stronger family. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands all over the room. God, you see hands, but also you see hearts. You know about our families. You know about our struggles. You know what we face day in and day out. It's not easy, God, raising a kid in Miami in 2019, raising an adult child in Miami in 2019. But God, we give them to you knowing that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you will provide, and we ask you, God, to take care of them. 
we want you to build our house, to build our home, to build our family. And God, we are relying on you as the professional, as the expert that's going to come in and give us whatever we need to build a strong family. God, I thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. I thank you for this family. God, continue to build this family. Help us to be strong. Help us to continue to grow and to encourage one another. God, that we can lift one another up when we're down, when we're going through difficult things. God, we need you. We ask that you to help us. With Excuse me, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if this morning you would say, Pastor, not only do I need to build my family, but I, I need to put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. If this is a prayer of brand new salvation, or maybe it's a prayer of recommitment to the Lord, just saying, Lord Jesus, uh, I've, I've done some things that I'm not proud of, and I've, I've kind of... Uh, I don't know the word, Lord Jesus. I've just kind of like, I've, I've, I've kind of, me and you, it, it, the relationship doesn't have the fire it had. And Lord Jesus, today I want to I want to rekindle that fire. I need that fire because it's going out and I don't want it to go out. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to make that commitment. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? I see your hand. I see your hand in the back. Praise God for you. Anybody else? I see your hand in the back. Praise God for you, sir. Praise God. So God, you you know where we're at today. Again, I thank you for these that, that I've seen, these three that I've seen that have lifted their hands and maybe even more that in their hearts are saying, God, I, I, I just I couldn't bear to raise my hand, but I just, I do need you. I need a savior to save me from myself, to save me from my sin, from my brokenness and from my lostness and to, to relight a fire in me. We're going to pray a prayer. We're going to pray it as a family. That's what families do. We're not going to do it alone. We're going to do it together. If, if, uh, if you lifted your hand, I want you to pray it out loud. But even if you didn't, but you're a believer in Christ, let's lift this prayer up to the Lord together out loud. Just pray this prayer. Repeat it after me. Dear Heavenly Father, hang on. Let's try that one more time. You guys, I can't hear you. I need you to pray this prayer as if you're here because Jesus died on the cross for you and you're making that declaration. So pray this prayer out loud. Let's, let's go. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for a sinner like me. I know that I've sinned. I know that I've made mistakes. I know that I don't measure up. But because of Jesus, I can be forgiven. I can be set free. I can be made a new creation in Christ. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Because you, you died for me, I choose to live for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen, amen. Let's give these a round of applause that made that decision. Amen, amen. Hey, listen, if you made that decision, I want to encourage you to fill out the connection card and just let us know. Just check it on the box. Drop it in the box on your way out or even give it to me personally after the service. Just let us know, hey, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm 
wanting to walk with God. I'm really wanting to make some new steps in my life. We'd love to pray with you after the service. Anything we can do to help you in this journey, uh, in your journey of faith. Man, we want to help you with it. Mikey, come on up. happy you came to church this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, so another reminder, we do have growth track today. So if you want to see where you fit in, see where you can start serving and help make a difference for this community and for the kingdom of God, I, I really do encourage you to come out and, and be with Pastor Trevor and go through growth track and you get a pizza out of it, you know? <laughs> doesn't love pizza but it is awesome man it's it really is worth it um all of us here are a part of that team and we don't regret it for a single second so i encourage you to be a part of that we also have the bounce house out there for the kids and um child dedication next week so right now we're going to pray over the offering so let's do that oh god i pray that that you bless this offering this morning god as it just continues to be used god to to help save lives, God, to help make a difference, Father, for, for your will, Lord. Lord, I pray that you bless these family, God, in ways that they can't even imagine, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity, Father, and for the resource to be able to be a blessing, Father. I pray that you continue to bless this church, Lord. It's in Jesus' name, amen. You're all dismissed. Have a great Sunday.
covers us. Your love is fierce, your love is strong, your love is furious. Your love is sweet, your love is wild, and it's waking hearts alive. Your love is deep, your love is wide, and it covers us. Your love is fierce, your love is strong, and it's furious. Your love is sweet, your love is wild, and it's waking 